you know, it's pretty obvious that this whole coronavirus thing has got us uh, interrupted. We're, we're experiencing different things in our lives. And so, you know, honestly, I think it's just good for us to admit that this is not normal, but it is real. Somebody made the statement that, that, that our lives have been hijacked, and I think that's a good way of saying it, honestly. Uh, and, and because of that, there are, are some people who are anxious, some people that are worried in the midst of this, and, 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 and that's perfectly understandable. And if that's you, I know that you're not interested in some kind of Pollyanna-ish uh, response, oh, everything's fine, because clearly it's not. So, so what we need is, is a balanced approach. We, we need to take this seriously. We need to be wise. We need to take precautions. But at the same time, we need not live in fear. Instead, we need to look at God's word, the truth of his word. What does he say for us in situations like this? And so let's pray. Lord, as we, as we gather collectively but apart today, we ask that you would, even in this situation, speak into us by your word. God, your word is truth, and we desire to hear the things that are on your heart and the things that you would speak into us. Have your way in our hearts and our minds. Amen. Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4, it says this, When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. I, I, I like it that the psalmist says, when I am afraid. He doesn't, it's, it's not if, he says when. You know, there's, there's a clear indication here that, that that's going to happen. We are going to have difficult times. We're going to be afraid at times. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that reality. He's not denying his fear, but he's telling us what to do with it. I put my trust in you. When I'm afraid, I'm going to choose to trust you, God. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust. Now, you might think, well, that's odd. I don't praise his word. Actually, I would beg to differ because it seems to me that Jesus was the word made flesh. And so, indeed, we do praise his word. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust. The psalmist is restating that, that he's choosing to trust God in the midst of, of, of his anxiety, in the midst of his fear. And, and so what happens? I shall not be afraid. When our hearts are trusting in God, when we're, we're turning our attention toward him, we're expressing our confidence in him in that situation. We're not denying the situation. Instead, we're saying, my God is bigger than this situation. I shall not be afraid. Pastor and author Max Lucado, he said this recently. Everything is being canceled. The NBA games, the NHL games, March Madness, Broadway plays, flights, cruises, cancellations everywhere. But can I tell you the one thing that is not and will not be canceled? God will never cancel his promise to take care of us. Do not interpret the presence of problems as the absence of God. God has promised, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He is with us. He is for us. He offers us peace in the face of uncertainty and hope in exchange for heaviness. I like that. Peace in the face of uncertainty and hope in exchange for our heaviness. That's what he gives to us. Psalm 94, verse 19. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. I like the, the NIV uh, a translation of that particular verse it just it's a little bit clearer when anxiety was great within me your consolation brought joy to my soul it reminds me a lot of that that psalm 56 verse that we just read anxious worried uh, afraid but what happens 
I'm turning my trust toward God and he gives me, he puts joy into my heart. He replaces that anxiety with joy, if you will, because we're trusting in God. My, uh, my friend Michelle Hoffman, she wrote this recently on Facebook. The enemy is vicious, but he is not victorious. I may sometimes feel afraid, but I don't have to live afraid. Most importantly, I can remember that fear doesn't have to pull me away from trusting God. Fear can actually be the catalyst for me choosing to trust God more than ever. Some things and situations have happened in the last week that could put me in a huge state of fear. Have I been a little anxious? Yes, but I am choosing to put my trust in the one who has been faithful and will continue to be faithful. I like that. Choosing to put my trust in the one who has been faithful and is going to continue to be faithful. That's our God. That's why we put our trust in him. Isaiah 43 verses 1 and 2. You know these verses. It says this, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you again i find it interesting to to note that the the uh that god here doesn't say if those things happen no he says when they happen we're going to go through difficult situations in life it's just how it is but he also tells us in the midst of those things i'm with you the god who loves you is with you and isn't that, isn't that really, isn't that Jesus' promise? He said that, that I'll always be with you, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. John 14, 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. He's there with us. I mean, think about it. He left heaven to come here to, to redeem us back into the family of God. Having done that, I mean, now that he's, now that he's won our hearts, now that he, 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 he's brought us onto his side, if you will, do you think he's gonna abandon us at this point? I mean, that's, that's crazy. No, he, he, he loved us even when we were dead in our sins, how much more so now that he has brought us into life. He's with us. My, my friend John Barkanik, uh, he preached for our church a few years back he wrote a book recently entitled Uncertain Seas, and in one fictional section of the book, he wrote, writes this. Drenched head to toe from the rain and seawater, Captain Wessler clung to the ropes that kept him upright as the ship climbed and dove over every large wave. He and his crew were weathered, experienced sailors, but three days of nothing but storm and wave, lightning and thunder will take the starch out of anyone. Three days of storm meant three nights with no stars, no moon, no sightings. With nothing to navigate by, they could only keep their bow pointed into the waves and hope for the best. Who knows what might confront them out of the dark and rain? How long could this blasted storm continue? The worst part was the feeling of helplessness. At sea, in the middle of a storm, there's only so much you can control. Captain Wessler was doing his best to keep up the spirits of his sailors, but they all knew that their fate didn't rest in their own hands. You know, it's possible you might feel like that right now like you're in the midst of a, a, a huge storm and your fate doesn't rest in your own hands. It's true. You know, I don't know about you, but I am not a fan of roller coasters. This is going someplace, by the way, don't worry. And, and, and for somebody like me that, that likes to live closer to the edge than further away from the edge, that seems a little odd that I don't like roller coasters. But 
Uh, it's, not the, it's not the speed of the roller coasters that bothers me. There's been some, there's been some interesting posts on Facebook recently where, where there's this whole list of things and you're su- the idea is you're supposed to copy it and um, put it into your own timeline and write yes or no next to each one whether or not you've done that. And one of the things is driven a car 100 miles per hour. And some of you have said yes and we need to talk. But uh, honestly... I would, I'd have to say no, but I would really like to do that on, on the Autobahn, not on roads around here, all right? But I'd, I'd really enjoy doing that. So it's not the speed of the roller coaster that bothers me. It's the fact that I don't have any control over it. I mean, I, I don't get to decide how fast it's going to go, how slow, when it's going to start, when it's going to stop, when it's going to go around a curve, whatever. See, if I drive a car, I have complete control. I get to decide when to hit the brake, when to hit the accelerator, when to turn, all of those kind of things. On a roller coaster, you have to just sit there and trust the person who, who designed the ride, who built the ride, and even the people who maintain the ride, that they know what they're doing. It seems like it's maybe a little bit like life. We're not in control. We're just not. There's so much of life that is out of our hands. Things don't always go the way that we want them to. So what do we need to do? We need to trust the Creator. Trust the one who has redeemed us. Recently read an interesting quote by a man named Andrew, Andrew Pinsent, and he said this. In his sixth century commentary on the book of Job, St. Gregory pointed out that the Lord's ways are very mysterious and that he sometimes allows good things to happen to good people. Back then, they expected the Christian life to involve suffering and sacrifice and used to worry if they were not suffering enough. Today, suffering is seen as a problem without easy answers. The general insight from Christianity is that while suffering is not good in itself, there is no suffering in this life that cannot be turned into an instrument for good. Wow, what a a different perspective that gives us than our normal thinking today we think of everything that 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 isn't up to our standards up to our liking we think it's bad well not necessarily god uses those things in our lives to to get us ready for further things down the road i, I mentioned uh, my friend john barkanik his, his new book uncertain seas in there he gives, gives an illustration if you were a general in the army and you had a a, a job a task that was difficult that was going to be difficult and challenging who would you want to do it you, you wouldn't just walk into some office someplace and find a secretary. You wouldn't, you wouldn't grab a, a, a new recruit that, that's just enlisted. No, you'd find somebody that's, that's seasoned, who's gone through some experienced uh, things in their lives. God takes us through things in our lives to get us ready for other things down the road. He's, he's preparing us, if you will. And we need to recognize that. God works in us in those challenging times. And I, honestly, I think he works in a, in a deeper way than he normally does in those challenging times. John 16, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. It's a, it's a fact. We're gonna have tribulation. We're gonna have difficulties here and now. It's gonna happen. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus promises us that he has overcome the world. So what do we have to worry about? What do we have to fear All right, let me close out with a couple of verses that I shared last week. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I know that's easier said than done, all right? I get that. But the, the one piece in here that I really didn't spend much time on last week as, as we looked at these verses is the with thanksgiving section of thanking God. You know, it is so easy right now to get sucked into all of the bad news that is happening. I mean, turn on your TV or your radio. Look at the news feeds on your computer or your phone. Uh, one story after another, people dying, the, the stock market um, be just being ravaged, if you will. Food shortages, hospitals are full. I mean, on and on. How do you, how do you counteract all of that bad news? And I'm not saying that we get rid of it. We're, we're not going to just make it all go away. Although, honestly, for a number of people, turning off your television might be a good idea. But how do you counteract it in your own mind and heart, in your own life? What do you do to, to, to come up against all of that bad news? Well, I would suggest that Thanksgiving is probably a really good idea. And so I want to challenge you. Here's a major takeaway from this week. I want to challenge you to make a list. And I'm not just talking about um, thinking something in your mind. Make an actual list either on a piece of paper, on your phone, on your computer, whatever, of things that you're thankful for. And keep adding to it throughout the, the week. Look around you. See the things that, that God is doing and has done and the things that you're thankful for. And focus on those things in the midst of all of the, the bad news. Let, let, let thanksgiving replace your worry. Let, let giving thanks to God displace your fear do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus and now may his peace reign in your heart and cause thanksgiving to well up on the inside of you amen